All right, welcome back to the listener's commentary on the Gospel of Luke. Before we jump into the material for this session, I just want to say once again and a special thank you to all of you who make this project, the listener's commentary, possible. Like, it costs money to make a commentary in book fashion, and it costs money to make a commentary in audio fashion. Book commentaries you would end up paying for. I have a commentary on the Gospel of Luke sitting on my desk right next to me at this very moment that was over $50. This commentary, this audio commentary, I'm giving away for free because I believe everyone should have access to the wisdom and insight and the goodness of Jesus and Digital audio is a great way to do that. People listen much more than they even read today. And so let's just put it out there. And the reason that is possible is because of the generosity of people just like you who donate to support this ministry. So thank you to each and every one of you who make this ministry possible. And if you've been listening and benefiting from this, would you prayerfully consider joining that team? Uh, we aren't even close to 100% supported yet and funded for this project. And uh, we need more and more people to step up and give $10, $25, $50 a month in order to make this possible. So I would invite you just to prayerfully consider if this has been beneficial to you, if you are able to join the team. And if so, you can do that at the link down in the notes below that says support, or you can swing over to listeners commentary Dot com and go to the Give page and set up a monthly uh, recurring gift right there. All right, in this session, we are going to be uh, looking at Luke 9, 51 through 56, and that paragraph begins a brand new big section in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, scholars typically call this big section the travel narrative. It goes from Luke 9, 51 all the way up through Luke 19.27. It goes from here, where we're at in the gospel, um, all the way up to the outskirts of the city of Jerusalem, just before Jesus' final week leading up to his crucifixion. And so this long middle section that scholars call the travel narrative uh, is the reason for that, the reason they call it that, is because it's set in the context of Jesus traveling to Jerusalem. 951 says, when the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. So Jesus is on mission and he's heading towards Jerusalem. And then the section ends at 1927 and the very next verse, verse 28 says, after Jesus said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. This whole a big section is set in the context of Jesus traveling to Jerusalem. In fact, throughout the section, you'll get references to Jesus and his disciples traveling. 957, as they were going along. 1038, as they were traveling along. 1322, and as he was passing through one city and village to another, teaching them and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem, and so on. We get this at points throughout this section. And so the whole section, as Luke has arranged it, is arranged as Jesus on his way to Jerusalem. So in the first big section of Luke's gospel, chapters 1 through the middle of chapter 4, Luke focused on the beginnings of Jesus' life and ministry. In the next major section, 
uh, chapters uh, 4 through 950, Luke focuses on the beginnings of Jesus' ministry, in Galilee particularly, teaching the crowds, calling his first disciples, appointing the 12 apostles out of those disciples. Here, in this large middle section of the book, he presents Jesus as on his way to Jerusalem, where the culmination of his ministry will take place. And as he presents this large middle section, he focuses on several key things. One is the teaching and training of the disciples, especially in the first few chapters of this section. Luke is going to let us know that as they're on their way, Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's training them. He's preparing them for really handing the mission over to them because he knows what's going to happen when he gets to Jerusalem. Another thing that Luke focuses on in this big section is growing tension uh, between Jesus and the Jewish leadership, especially with the Pharisees. There's more interaction with the Pharisees and tension between them in this section than than there was in the preceding section. And then uh, another uh, thing that Luke focuses on here is warnings of what lies ahead. There are several hints Uh, of what lies ahead. There are some predictions, more predictions of Jesus' coming death in this section, which seems to be one of the big themes here. Not only is uh, Jesus affirming that he is indeed the Messiah, the Son of God, but he's aware of what that means for him, that he must lay down his life at Jerusalem. His identity culminates in his passion, right? His Messiahship is expressed in and culminates in his laying down his life for his people and for mankind and for the sins of the world. And so this section culminates with Jesus on the outskirts of Jerusalem, about ready to lead into the final week leading up to uh, his death in Jerusalem. So with that, let's begin in Luke 9.51. It says this, when the days were approaching for his ascension. So that's the way Luke makes this transition to this big section. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. Just a couple of notes. Um, Notice the emphasis on ascension, when the days were approaching for his ascension. Um, Literally, and it came about when the days for his ascension were to be fulfilled. That's literally the way this reads. When the days for his ascension were to be fulfilled. That is, We're turning now to head to Jerusalem, where the goal and purpose of Jesus' life and ministry are going to be fulfilled. And it's going to actually lead to his ascension. In fact, Luke alone ends his gospel with Jesus' ascension. And volume two, the book of Acts, begins with Jesus' ascension. And so the ascension was an important part of uh, Luke's understanding of Jesus, was an important part of what he wanted to present about where Jesus' ministry ended, that it ended with his ascension. And so he notes that here. Um, So Luke shows us that Jesus' ministry travels through crucifixion and resurrection and culminates in his ascension and hence uh, his really being glorified to God's right hand. And so he mentions that here because that's where it's all heading. It's heading to his ascension. So when the days were approaching for his ascension, Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem. Literally, he set his face. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. It's the idea of resoluteness of purpose. And over the next 10 chapters, that's where we're heading. But don't think Luke follows a clear travel itinerary. Even though he set this in the context of Jesus' resolute purpose to go to Jerusalem, he doesn't do so in like a clear 
First we go here, and then we go there, a clear travel itinerary. Luke doesn't do that. His point and his focus is more theological. Jesus knows where it's all heading. Jesus knows where all things will culminate and reach its goal. He's heading there. He's heading to Jerusalem. He's heading to crucifixion and resurrection and ascension. But Luke arranges this section as a bunch of kind of snapshots, episodes that make important discipleship and important theological points. He doesn't arrange it in travel or chronological order. So Jesus is determined to go to Jerusalem. He's heading there because that's where the goal of his ministry has to be. But Luke does not arrange things in a clear travel itinerary. Verse 52 says this, And he, as he was determined to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him, and they entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. The fact that Jesus is willing to go through Samaria should stand out. Uh, Jews traveling to Jerusalem usually took the long route. They would go, if they were going from Galilee to Jerusalem, they would go east of the Jordan River, uh, down along the Jordan River on the east, cross back over the Jordan River near Jericho, and then through Jericho and up into Jerusalem. That was the most common route that Jews would take from Galilee to Jerusalem so that they didn't have to pass through Samaria. Why? Well, because of centuries-old hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans. We talked about that in the introduction to the Gospels. And so if you didn't listen to that, you might go listen and, and catch up on who the Samaritans are and where their story began and the, the, the centuries-long hostility between them. That hostility often erupted in acts of aggression from the Jews towards the Samaritans, from the Samaritans towards the Jews. There was long-standing tension and hostility between the Jews and the Samaritans. And so the, the Samaritans, even though they're like half-breed Jews, there's no love lost between them and the, the Jews. And so the fact that Jesus is open to people that his culture traditionally was hostile to by traveling into the, the, the region of Samaria and wanting to stay in a Samaritan village, this is significant and it speaks something about the compassion and mercy and really the mission of Jesus to people beyond his own people. Uh, verse 53, um, he sends people ahead, he sends some messengers ahead to try to make some arrangements in one of the village of Samaria so they could stay there. But, verse 53, they, the Samaritans, did not receive him because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. See, there it is, the long-standing hostility, the acts of, uh, big acts of aggression sometimes, or micro acts of aggression like this one. No, you can't stay in our village. We don't want you because you're heading to Jerusalem. Well, when his disciples, verse 54, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And this is a very typical Jewish response, right? Like, they're going to reject you, the Messiah, the Son of God? Well, should we just call down fire from heaven and burn them up? Uh, very typical Jewish response. Not only that, James and John may actually be echoing an Old Testament story here. 2 Kings chapter 1 tells the story of Elijah, the prophet, in the very same region, in the region of Samaria, um, this very same area. It wasn't Samaria in Elijah's day, but it was the very same region where James and John and Jesus are. And in that account, in, in 2 Kings chapter 1, Elijah twice calls down fire from heaven, consuming some men who were opposing um, 
Elijah's teaching and his ministry. So I, I could just imagine what James and John are thinking. Oh, yeah, worked for Elijah. Why not for us? And so they are wanting to call down fire from heaven and consume the Samaritans. Interestingly enough, when Luke tells the story of the first Samaritans responding to the gospel in faith and becoming followers of Jesus, guess who's sent there? John, along with Peter. Those are the two apostles that are sent to welcome them into the family. And so certainly along the way somewhere, John learned that this is not the way of Jesus. Calling down fire is not what Jesus wants. And we see that in the very next verse. Here's how Jesus responds. Jesus turned and rebuked them. He turned and rebuked James and John. And then they went on to another village. Some later manuscripts actually add, you don't know what kind of spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy people's lives to save them. Those are late manuscripts. doesn't seem to be original. seems to be an editorial comment added in to help um, readers understand uh, why Jesus responded the way he did. The Son of Man didn't come to destroy people's lives, but to save them. And so even though those words probably aren't a part of the original, they certainly capture the spirit of Jesus. And so Jesus rebuked James and John. They went on to another village. Now, just some concluding reflections on this introduction to uh, this big section here, as well as this introductory paragraph. The, the first reflection is this. We need to see that Jesus is a man with a mission. He knows where he's heading. He knows why he's heading there. Um, and his mission entails rejection. I think it's, it's significant that as Luke begins to uh, frame up this large middle section of Jesus heading to Jerusalem, it really will culminate in ultimate rejection and crucifixion. The first account is rejection in Samaria. Jesus is heading to Jerusalem, and that's his mission. It's going to culminate there, and it's going to entail rejection. And not just rejection in Jerusalem, even here, rejection in Samaria. Part of what Jesus' mission will just involve is rejection. And so part of following him is going to entail rejection. And we need to learn how to handle that. And it's not to call down fire from heaven, right? Jesus' goal isn't to call down fire on those who reject him. And disciples, them and us, must learn to imitate their master. Jesus' way is not vindictive violence.